G'day friends, welcome back. Well, just as I sat down here to record uh, this podcast, a storm has started to roll in. It's just eased off in the last 20 seconds or so, but there was a bit of wind and a little bit of thunder. Uh, So we're going to see how this goes. Let's get into it. Now, I'm going to do today's podcast a little bit differently. I've just done my notes differently, basically. Um, I feel like these footy podcasts are getting a little bit long and a bit waffly sometimes. So I'm going to try and make this one a little bit more succinct. Um, I'm not going to like go, and now we're going to talk about this game. I'm going to sort of just bounce from one game to the other, a couple of quick points, uh, and then move on. So we're going to see how this goes. Um, I might get lost because I don't feel like I'm being thorough enough. Uh, but we'll see. Now, before I talk about any of the football, I want to talk about the Eddie Betts uh, book, Adelaide Crows Camp uh, stuff that's come out today. Uh, It's a bloody mess, isn't it? Um, We're almost five years on, and this is... You know, it had been pretty quiet on it for a long time. Like, it it was, you know... A big story when it was all happening, or just after it happened. It's sort of, you know, as COVID happened, um, you hear about it less and less. But then to to hear the stuff that Eddie's put in one of the chapters of his bio, of this book that he's written about the camp, um, to hear, um, I was, you know, listening to SEN today and Sam Edmund read a big chunk of it, um, it's pretty distressing. It's horrifying um, and pretty disgusting, i got to say. Um, you know, there's, like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, first of all, let's let's step back. I, I don't get what the, what the mindset was of the club to take such drastic steps. Like, you know, they didn't finish bottom, they just had a bad day. They were the best team in the comp in 2017. They just didn't win the grand final. They just had a shocking day on the day of the grand final. And Richmond turned up and smacked them. But they, they finished on top of the ladder in, in the home and away season. So they, they had a really good year. That you know that they All they did was lose one very important game. So they weren't, they weren't that far off the ultimate prize. But the way that this camp was approached, it, it seemed like, you know, the, the club was in shambles and then they needed some desperate sort of, desperate sort of help and had to resort to pretty drastic measures. Um, hearing about, so the stuff with the, 
the shouting fuck you at your teammates while they thrust their groins at each other and the the um the, this camp wanting them to stand in a circle and cup each other's balls like a some sort of sumo wrestler thing that they didn't um end up doing and and these exercises with, with the you know being put in a harness and held back by your teammates like all that stuff is um extreme and you know i'm sure i'm sure most teams would be like no we don't need to do the ball cupping stuff um we're not in a, we're not on a search for our you know our manhood here or whatever the metaphor was meant to be there but the the, the real the the problem that i think is the big problem and you know all the players that have been really damaged by this i'd imagine would have been damaged by different things um but what stood out to me from eddie's book was the the personal stuff so he had a private conversation with a counselor from the club just about private things about his family about you know so and so and then while they were doing the exercise with the harness um, and the players trying to free themselves while they're held back by, you know, staff from the camp and their teammates, Eddie was being abused um, with this information that he'd given in confidence. Um, that's it's 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 that stuff that I think is going to bring this whole thing down. Like the the AFL has been piss weak on this the players association has been pretty piss weak on it um the club the club it's hard because a lot of the people at the club weren't there you know at you know five years ago there's been a lot of turnover as they've been through a rebuild um but you know there's there's plenty of people around who need to be held accountable for this and like there's been talk about work safe south australia like which is totally spot on. Like they need to be, you know, they need to be looked at. Like how they ticked off on this is just unbelievable. This is so fucked up. The psychological torture of, you know, effectively their staff, you know, in an effort to try and make them more motivated to win games of football. Um, and, you know, the, the, the part where they were like yelling abuse at each other the teammates, it's pretty disturbing that the the younger Indigenous players at the club at the time, you know, sort of looked to Eddie, you know, they've said they saw him as an uncle, which is obviously, a, you know, a person of great respect in the Indigenous community. An uncle is not always literally an uncle, you know, it's, you know it can be um, just a, a leader, a mentor, Um but they had a lot of respect for Eddie. And Eddie obviously had a lot of respect for them. And, and Eddie is one of the most beloved figures in the history of AFL. Um, so the, the fact that they like w were asked to do this to each other, to their teammates, but to teammates they respected, there is a, an alarming lack of respect for the relationship that these players had, especially the indigenous ones by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, it sounds 
like an absolute mess. And like some parts of it sound kind of funny, like they had the guy dressed up in Richmond gear jump out and scare the players. And, you know, there was the playing of the Richmond theme song really loud at training and stuff. And like some of it's just a bit silly. And I'm sure some of the players would have just brushed it off and go, yeah, yep, they're trying to sort of get us motivated. But there is absolutely a line. And taking personal information, sharing it in that way, sharing it at all, but sharing it in that way, totally disrespecting, you know, a group of players in their culture. Oh, it's Eddie. Like I said, Eddie is one of the most, he's, he's definitely the most beloved figure, beloved footballer of the modern era. I don't think, like I can't think of another player um, who is more popular than Eddie. He has been so grossly mistreated in football. Of like throughout his entire career, all the racial um abuse that he has had to cop um and and all of that and now this as well he deserved so much more through his playing career. I don't mean he deserved to win more premierships. He just deserved to be respected just in the in the highest manner imaginable. And, and, and most people absolutely do, but it's the loud minority that I, uh, I just feel so bad for him. I feel so bad for him. And he's a fucking champ. Like he... You know, he go. I don't hold. I don't hold any ill will towards the club, and he's and he settled that. He's such a good role model in just every single sense. You want a role model to be good. He's measured. He's caring. He is emotional. Yeah, I bet all the stuff on that camp about being tough and being a man and all of that. That's I think Eddie would have really resisted that because I think Eddie is one of the best representations of what I think a man should be that I've seen in public life. He is not afraid at all to, you know, share how he's feeling, especially when it comes to really important issues. Um, he is very kind. He's very gentle. He's very measured. Um, and I, I just think he, like, given what he's been through, for him to still be the person that he is, is a credit to him. And it's just, oh, hearing all this stuff today, it makes you angry. Like, whoever, Jared Waitley said this today, and I could not be in more fierce agreement with him. Anyone who was involved in the the organizing and you know giving the go ahead on this camp should resign immediately like you know how the clubs tried to keep this hush hush and the AFL's tried to you know keep it hush hush you know pe- people in south australia you know like the the fans be like no you shut up everything's all good Caro and and Sam McClure, think of them what you will, but, you know, everything they've been saying about this has been spot on. 
Oh, th- this, I think there's more to play out here for sure. I think heads are going to roll. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a bit of a shit show and I think like it, this, it would never, ever happen again. Like I know it's only five years ago, but the world has changed a lot in five years. Um, and, and like footy camps, I'm sure there's a lot of like interesting team building exercises that go on. Um, that, you know, if you heard about them, you go, gee, that's a bit, um, bit old. It's a bit far-fetched. Um, so like, you know, listen to some of the other guys on SCN today, Gary Lyon and that say, you know, that some aspects of this are not, you know, that bizarre. Um, so, you know, like I'm saying, like, you know, the shouting abuse at each other, having like the, the fake, the guys with fake guns, you know, put blindfolds on them and break them into groups and like doing all these really strange team building exercises you know there are things like that that happen but it was the it was the way in which this was done that i think um i think we're going to learn more over time you know like some of the players that were there have gone to other clubs and i I think once they you know, there might be other books written. Like, like it, it's it's fascinating. Like, Rory Sloan and Taylor Walker said they thought the camp was excellent. Um, and there may be others who thought the camp was excellent. Um, and, it, you know, you might think, okay, so was was there just, you know, um, some poor judgment in terms of racially charged motivation towards the Indigenous players? Were they wrongly targeted? But then you hear about, you know, like... Um, Josh Jenkins has been pretty vocal about it. I think Hugh Greenwood has been pretty vocal about it. So there are non-Indigenous players who had big issues with what went on. So I don't think it is just that. I think there is more that we're going to learn about this camp. Um, And yeah, it's pretty upsetting. I just, I feel so bad for Eddie. I just hope he knows that we all love him because everybody does. His... Highlight Reel is by far my favourite to revisit. He was such a special player and to, and to know that he spent his last few years carrying, and I'm sure he still does carry this burden of what he went through, but his, his last playing years carrying this, you know, carrying the camp, carrying the lost premiership and then carrying the camp and knowing what an emotional guy he is, it would have been bloody tough. I just... Uh, it makes me sad and angry and it's just, it's just horrible. I'll have to go out and get his book and read the rest because I'm sure there's a lot of really great stuff in there as well about his life and I'm sure he's a really, um, he's had a really interesting upbringing that would be cool to learn about. Okay, let's talk about the footy. So we've got three weeks to go and every week now there is going to be a game that can change everything. Like Carlton losing to Adelaide on the weekend has totally changed everything. Richmond coming back from 42 points down has put them right back in it. They lose that game, they're done. They're out. You know, there's there's almost no chance for them. They lose that game, but they come back. Oh, it was amazing. Melbourne on Friday night, just way too tough for a Fremantle. This is like the Brisbane win they had a little while ago. Like they're pretty out of form, like, you know, losing a fair few games here and there. And then they come up against a team who's around them on the ladder. 
um, who's been going well, and they just they show him who's boss. And they did that to Fremantle. They were just way too tough. Jack Viney, i got to say, throughout this period in the second half of the year, while Melbourne have been like, eh, so-so, he has been remarkable, and he was really, really good again on the weekend. Um, as as Gorn and Petrarca and Oliver haven't been their usual selves um, occasionally, he is just he has been really, really impressive. And if they are going to be serious in you know this year's finals campaign, um, it'll be on his shoulders because he he's just been massive. Um, David Mundy announced his retirement, ret- retirement, retirement. Uh, on Monday, um, it's it's a little bit surprising. I thought he might go around for another year, but you can see that he's a little bit slower. He's he's, he's never going to lose those skills and those smarts, but yeah, he's he slowed down a little bit. Um, massive career. Um, it'd be great if Freo could win a premiership for him this year. Don't know if it's going to happen, um, but he's he's just one of those warriors. Um, almost 400 games, 370-odd. He, he's a walk-up Hall of Famer, you know. For, for someone who, I think he might have won All-Australian, or he might have none, um, but he's got no premierships, no Brownlows, you know, but he has just been an absolute champion of the game, and it's been a pleasure to watch him. So, yeah, walk-up All-Australian, I would say. Um, now, before I continue, I am going to put the quiz... Right here, um, I'll say Cat did very well this week, so I hope you enjoy. Hello, welcome back, round 20. Only yeah. got a few to go now. Yeah. How you doing today? I'm okay. Yeah? Your tummy's making sounds. Yeah, well, we've just had pizza and Coke, so... We're healthy. We be- Yeah, we both might be making a couple of tummy sounds. Today, something new on the menu. This is the new... Packed with Milo Kit Kat. We were just thinking before, what other collabs could they possibly do in the future? Everything's a possibility. Yeah. I would totally do... No, that wouldn't work. I was going to say like a... No, they could do a Cherry Ripe Kit Kat. No, because Cherry Ripe's a company on its own. Yeah, but Milo isn't... We yeah, but it's a Nestle. chocolate company. Yeah, but Milo's yeah. not a chocolate and company. And Biscoff is its own thing. Yeah, but know? it's not a chocolate company. Yeah, Why would right. a chocolate company collab with another chocolate company that would take sales off its they did. They did Aero. They did the Aero I mean, kit game. I don't know if Aero is Nestle or not. I, don't I know. think it's Nestle. Yeah. But there you go. This is one of the new little little, little four mini, you know. Schnappies. Schnappies. It's a good way to call them. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. You were doing a bit more research earlier, which was good to see. Yep. Promising. Let's see if it helps you. Probably not. Okay. My retention for information is pretty low. Question one. Yeah, I already don't know. <laughs> Mac Andrew and Lika Leah both made their debuts on the weekend. Uh, they are both of African descent. They're, they're both Sudanese, technically. Um, I think Mac Andrew was born in Cairo, but the, you know, it's big for the, yeah. you know, good for the African football community. Can you name two other AFL players of African descent? Does Aliyah Aliyah count? Yep. <laughs> is that they're, his they're, brother? No, they're not really. Uh, Leek Aliyah is spelt A-L-E-E-R. Oh, and his is A-L-I-R, isn't it? I-I-R. I-I-R. Yeah. And Marbiod Chol. Very good. 
even though he's retired, I would have accepted Magic Door as well. I would have not mentioned um, Magic Door probably. And there's a couple of others who haven't. I think there's one or two others who haven't played many games. But I yeah. know there's a couple that play for teams, but whose names? Like like the one that plays for Hawthorne who dropped Jack Steele on the weekend. I couldn't remember oh, his CJ? Name. Yeah, I forgot about CJ. Yeah. Yeah, Alir um, yeah, Alir is from Kenya, I believe. And then I think the rest are all Sudanese. Or South Sudanese. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was really good. And they... They both played. Not to, I'm, I'm so excited about Mac Andrews. So he's a ruckman. Mm. He was taken with pick six mm. or something last year. I love when ruckmen are high picks. I just yeah, it's something that's not really high. Especially normally. when they're young and they're still like super super athletic. It's just it's. I, I it, feel like he must be a big dude then. Yeah, he's over two. Oh, he's about two meters. That's pretty might be a touch over two meters, but he, like he's still really skinny, so he looks two meters. Yeah, you know when they're a bean pole. Like, like, <laughs> Oh, Straight I just, up yeah, and down. It's, yeah, it's when really exciting. When his arms look alien length yeah. the rest of his body. I think he laid a really good rundown tackle during the week, or it might have been the VFL the week before. Either way, he's an exciting young prospect. That's good. Geelong, red hot at the moment, obviously. We might be on the on the verge of like a Geelong masterpiece as they run into a premiership. Which of the Scott brothers coaches Geelong? What are their names again? Chris and Brad. Chris. Correct. Because Brad's the one with the stupid umpire rule. Yeah, he's the yeah. He's the <laughs> he's, dumb one. Who did he used to coach, Brad? North. Correct. Very good. Oh my god, I'm so good. You're doing well today. I know, and I'm not even mentally here. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> to be more. The more tired I am. No, but it. maybe the more tired I am, and this is my theory: the more tired I am, and the more over general life I am. The only thing I left that I can think about that isn't stressful is AFL. There you go. That's <laughs> it how just floats to the front. That's how I live as well. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but when you're not thinking, there's static going yeah. on in there. So it's fine. Thanks. You're welcome. It's like shh, Marby or Chol. White noise. Steel. <laughs> Top of the ladder. In the H. <laughs> Question three. Hmm. Uh, one of the young stars from Sydney who we both like a lot, Errol Goulden. <gasps> Errol! Was their best player on the weekend. Aww, Probably played the best, best game of his young career. Good job, Errol. Spell Errol Goulden. I believe his Errol has one L on the end. So is it... Now I'm feeling like I can't spell Errol. Mm-hmm. Is it E double R-O-L or E-R-O-L? No, no, that was correct. I couldn't remember which one because I remember in his interview he described his name and said it was missing a double letter that that people normally spell it with and I couldn't Mm. remember what it was. Golden. I feel like it's G-U-L-D-E-N. Correct. Okay. E-N. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it should have an O in it but I knew it didn't. No. Yeah, it's not not like... Goulding. Yeah. Yeah. G-O-U-L. Golden. Yeah. Yeah. All the way Very back, subtle difference. All the way back in his draft year, like two or three years ago, we had that interview with him and we were both very impressed. Yeah, he was a well-spoken... Well, well-spoken young man. Well-spoken kid. And he's playing bloody well. All of he's si- doing well. All of Sydney are playing bloody well at the moment. Okay, question... Which is unfortunate for us. Question four. The um, This is retirement season. We've had uh-huh. a few retirees already this week. Which Fremantle... Monday. Veteran retired on Mundy. It was Mundy. <laughs> <laughs> on Mundy. David Mundy. 171 games to this point. He's 37. He's 37. That's impressive. He, fun fact, he, there's been 32 
jumpers worn by Fremantle. And he's worn all of them. He's worn every single one of them. So like some specialty jumpers, some yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Like they have the Starlight Foundation well, jumper. Well, they're only a 1997 team. No, a 19... 90, 95 they came in, I think. Yeah. 95. So you would have started not long after that then. I think he started in 2000. And so 2005, I think he started. Yeah. He might have been drafted in 2005. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. No, it would have been 2000. Yeah, it would have been 2005 that he debuted. But yeah, he's, he has played in every... Uh, after this week just gone where they played with the 3D anchor with the green. I didn't you wouldn't see have seen that. this, no. but yeah. It had, Is yeah. it fucked looking? It had, well, I mean, it looks kind of cool now because it looks retro. Um, but, like, if a team came out and said, this is our jumper now, we'd everyone would go, what in the fresh fuck is that? <laughs> but it's got a three-dimensional anchor. It's got the green. I hope which... the Tasmanian team is like the Sharks and they come out with a three-dimensional shark. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that would. I wonder what colours... Because the Tassie team is going to be something like that. I, I feel like, like they the could get away with, like, a nice, crisp, light blue, like a baby blue. Because no and, one and really what? has that. I don't know. But mm. that's what I'm saying. No one really has that. I could see them being blue and white, to be fair, like that light blue and we've white. We've already got two teams, though, that are Yeah, blue I know. White. So I want them to avoid that. Well, we've arguably got more teams than just two. But uh, that are just blue and white. It's Geelong and North. There's yeah, no... but Carlton's like navy. But they're, but they're just... Technically, their colours are just blue. They have to have white so you can read the stuff on the jumper. Uh, yeah. But they're just blue, technically. Mm. Um, but, like, you know, I wonder if Tassie will try and implement green because it's a very green state but green is a fucking hard color i wonder if they'll go with like a tan to get color. a sport jumper so it's like a beach do like, like blue tan and white mm, try to go for like a less tropical gold coast look yeah something like that maybe yeah something a bit more like because like I, what, what, what would absolutely not work at all is when i think tasmania i think like forest i think brown and green no. imagine Ooh. brown and green no no <laughs> Anyway, yes, David Mundy. Wonder if they can win a premiership for him. Maybe not on their current form. I was like, now probably not. I gotta say, but maybe, maybe still got. So they still got you know six or seven games to go. Question five: You're gonna get this one. Oh dear! You're gonna win the chalky. Oh dear! Which saint signed a contract extension today? Battle. Josh Battle. Very exciting. There was a bit of talk. J.B. Not was... Baby Bill. I get really confused by the two of them. There was a bit of bit of talk about him maybe going to another club. There was a little bit... It was bit like of... Essendon or something? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. But that the... was Marshall. Though. There's just been... Oh, yeah. They were... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was a bit of chatter because he Fuck was... Fuck you, Essendon. Because he was unsigned, but now we gobbled him up because he's a superstar. He's really good. He's... Like, he's having the best well he's probably equal best like 2019 when he played back was really really good as well yeah but yeah he's sort of causing dilemmas because we need to bring another two meter defender into the team but now he's back and wilkie's back and howard's back is their room so it's a good dilemma to have but it's a dilemma heading into next year i feel like though if they were athletic enough and big bodied enough they don't need to be that extra 10 centimeters if they've got the power to knock someone well, like that, off yeah, course that is like something about Wilkie is he can play on someone who's two meters and he does most of the time very well, yeah. But what, when it's hard is when that forward who is two meters tall and have got the reach of someone who's two meters, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. They need to be athletic Wil- enough to yeah, do Wilkie that. Yeah, Wilkie just can't get the fist high enough, and Battle can't get the fist high enough. So, you know, yeah. even if we have one for when Howard's injured, anyway, very good job, well done. There is your Kit Kat. Cat, enjoy. Thanks. You have to tell me how it is. You'll have some. Okay.
I don't know. I don't know how. Like, is is the Milo going to be like powdery? Or no, it's going to be sort of like a paste. Not. I think it'll just taste like Milo. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a do you have a pop culture quiz question for me? I do. Okay. For context, for everyone listening, we were just watching season three of The Boys, which is fucked. The whole show is fucked. But don't like, ask me how to say Anson Eccles, whatever no, no, his name no. is. That's what I was going to talk about. Joel was talking about a very well-known actor who plays Soldier Boy, a character in this season. And he's he, very well-known. He's he was, he was on, a, he was on well one known. very popular show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he, his name is Jensen Ackles and Joel called him Anson Eccles. So <laughs> I couldn't remember. Look, we're fine. I was close. What two-pronged question, what popular show was he on? Um, Wait. And... What crossover does that show have, char- uh, actor-wise, right. with okay. The Walking okay. Dead and how? With The Walking Dead? Yep. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays their dad. Yes. Um, so there's that. Yep. Um, and the show... Oh, my God. I've, I'm having a brain <laughs> fart. Oh, there's that, like 17 seasons, I I'm know, pretty sure. 15 seasons? We've seen some of it. Yeah, I tried um, to get you into watching it and you weren't that keen. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was fine. I just, you yeah. know... Yeah, they the hunt, cult following that's listening to they, this, obviously, is they, gonna hate you. For they that. hunt monsters and yep. ghouls and such. Yep, they're like Scooby Doo without the and dog. Demons. And, yep. Oh, what is it called? This is embarrassing. Oh, fuck! Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Wait. This is embarrassing. No, I know the show. I think that should be enough. I know. No. I know it. No. I know it. I just. I'll give you. Right. What does it start with? Please. S. That doesn't help me. Fucking hell. That's bad. That doesn't help me at all. Um. I'll help you out. If I was talking about vampires, werewolves, and ghosts, you would say that they are all a part of what? Phenomenon. Um, but, um, they're, um, they're, what phenomenon? What are you, what are you leading at there? What okay. Maybe I, I've lost you. What am I meant to be thinking if, about? Okay. Can you phrase if, that question differently? Yes, I'm a bit I can lost. phrase it differently. <laughs> I'm a bit lost. If, if someone said to you that things are moving around in their house and they've seen a green glowing light in the sky and things like that, you would say they've experienced a something phenomenon. What, oh, um. What's the word? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's, it, um. The word I've got in my head is paranormal, but that's no. Not... It's the opposite. It's the one that's the same, but not that. Um, oh, it's, think of it's another on the tip word of my for pa- paranormal means outside yeah. of the norm. Yes. Right. So, what's oh. another way of saying that? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like extraordinary, it's but not. I know what it's called. <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. Is it? Is it good? Is it got two words or is it one word? It's technically one word, but there's two words in there. Oh. Um, the second word supernatural thank you got it got it so fun fact about supernatural all of these shows are interconnected in a quite a cool way but De- Jeffrey Dean Morgan who plays Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki's dad on the show mm-hmm. Sam and Dean he met his wife who is I don't know her name oh well you should um, Hilary Burton or Hilary Burton Morgan who was on One Tree Hill Okay. She met 
Jeffrey through Jensen because Jensen was married to her co-star from One Tree Hill, Daniil. Was married. Well, they're still married. Okay. But at the time, and that's right. how they met each other, and that's how she was then on The Walking Dead. Well, yeah, she she, she plays his wife on The yeah, Walking correct. Dead as well. Yeah. Yeah. In a really, really great episode. She's great. I really yeah, love her. That, I think she's quite underrated as a TV actress. That episode but she's of The great. Walking Dead was such a good, like, yeah. great for his character. Yeah. There you go. I got it in the end. It was on the tip of my tongue the whole time. It only took us 25 minutes. I had it, I had it right there. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. I think you did well. I don't think those were super easy. There was a couple where you were like, Chris Scott. I think you did well. Well, I think the coaches ones are hard because everyone lasts like five seconds. It's like the bachelor of coaches these days. How it's many, like you don't get a rose. How many coaches do you reckon you could name? Do you reckon you could name 10? Do they have out, currently outside, coaching? Yes. <laughs> Outside of Rutten, could you name 10 others? Ben Rutten. Yep. Chris Scott. Yep. He's no longer coaching. Who are you going to say? Nathan Buckley. (laughs) Yeah. Nathan Buckley. No. (laughs) No, I'm counting it. Who's the current current Magpies coach? I don't know. I I don't know his name. Sam? Craig McRae. Who's the one that's Sam something? Sam? I don't think there is a Sam. Sam. um... Wasn't he? Oh, maybe he was the interim coach for Collingwood. He was like Buckley's understudy or something, I'm pretty sure. Anyways. No, Robert Harvey was the interim coach after oh, that second yeah. Um 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 <laughs> Beverage. Um mm-hmm. yep. Simpson. Yep. Um I'm mostly listing the last names because they're easier for me to remember than like well, Adam, a, for instance. Luke Beverage and Adam Simpson. Yeah, yeah. You know Adam's name, Adam. yeah. I knew it was Luke Beverage, but I'm trying to what's that? Four. <laughs> what about Gold Coast? Oh, um, Stuart Dew. Yep. I can't believe he's still coach, so it like blows my mind. Um, um, <laughs> good, good, Goodwin. Good, good, yeah, yeah. Goodwin. That's Melbourne. Yeah, Simon. Simon. Goodwin. I was going to yeah. say Sean. I was like, that's wrong. That's six. Um, uh, Hardwick. Yep. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking killing it. This is a fun extra. This is a fun little <laughs> extra. Um, what about, there are two others who have similar names. Fremantle and Sydney. Their coaches have similar surnames. Is it like the Rutten and Rutten? The Rutten and Same vein as that, yeah. Can you give me a hint? They both start with L. L? In fact, they both start with, the first part of their surname is Long. Oh, long Muir and Long Meyer or yep. something. Hey! <laughs> now I just need one more and I've got ten. Who's Carlton's coach? He's doing his. Know. He's in his first year. I can't remember his name. Voss. Oh, yeah, My- Michael Voss, yeah. right? I count that because I remember his first name. <laughs> what about Hawthorne coach in his first year? No, I got no fucking Sam name. Mitchell. That's who I was thinking of when I said well, Sam, Sam before, yeah, and you're like, isn't it Sam? <laughs> Fucking thinking of him. I thought there would be, but I just couldn't think of it. Fuck you. That's 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well so done. Surpassed expectations. Stop yelling at me. Thanks for coming on. Okay. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Well done to Kat on winning the Chockeys this week. She's got three more weeks to go. Let's see how many she can win before they go into the pool for the big quiz at the end of the year. Um, Collingwood did it again, didn't they? Oh, here's a bit of the weather. You hear that? Bit of rain? Mm. 
Yes, Conley would do it again. Another small margin. They probably should have won by more, if we've been real. Um, <laughs> but they... It's just... It's becoming more and more remarkable, isn't it? What they're doing just every week. Just not having any fucking idea how to lose. <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing. Um, now they've got a bit of a challenge. Uh, they got... Melbourne on Friday night, which is going to be fucking huge, huge. One of the biggest home and away games of the year. Now this, now it's second versus third. What was it when they played for Queen's birthday? First and I don't know, first and some, first and like eleventh or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, who they got? They got Melbourne. I think they got Sydney and then Carlton. Brisbane and then Carlton, something like that. Um, no, we've got Brisbane next week. So, yeah, it might be Sydney and then Carlton. Either way, they got a tough run. Um, they've got a tough run. Carlton have got a tough run. Maybe Collingwood have only got two tough games. Then they got one easy one. I can't remember. Either way, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge now. They've won 10 games in a row. It's an enormous effort. The young players especially might be a little bit tired. We'll see. Who knows? Um, but they might start to get tired. But yeah, oh, gee whiz. The, this game on Friday night is going to be massive. And wherever Collingwood finish heading into finals, I don't want to be playing them. First of all, I say that like St Kilda are getting in. St Kilda won't be getting in. Whoever I would be finishing where I would be finishing, I don't want to be playing Collingwood. That is for sure. Um... Port Adelaide, oh, Stevie Motlop as well announced his retirement. Um, great player, really exciting. He, he he did play his best football at Geelong, um, but there's there's that one I'll never forget that showdown in 2017, I think it was with Hutto's call. Stevie Motlop, what a time! That was one of the most awesome moments. That was so fucking cool. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube and just put Stevie Motlop Showdown. You will get that that moment. The last couple of minutes of that game were just fucking insane. It was amazing. So entertaining. Um, yeah, Port Adelaide. It's good to see Butters and Rosie sort of starting to rise to the occasion. They're sort of starting to become the draft picks that they you know should be. Um, like Port have obviously been an enormous disappointment this year, um, one of the biggest disappointments of the season. But, you know, they got something to sort of look forward to with these guys really starting to show some form, which is excellent. Um, Mark McVeigh at the Giants. Really interesting comments after the game. Singling out 14 of his players, saying they've checked out for the season. Well, singling singling them out by omission. So he singled out eight players that he thought did play well. Um, not how I would have done it, to be honest. Because um, now he's forced himself... He's got to drop all those players, doesn't he? He obviously won't, but he's got to drop some of them. Otherwise, he looks like an idiot. Like, but saying, saying that some of your players have checked out is a big statement, especially when you aren't the coach. You're a caretaker coach. Um, I like the, 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 the comments on their own, I don't have a problem with, um, if he hadn't 
specifically named eight players that he was happy with and thereby 14 that he wasn't. I think it would have been perfect and effective, but just naming names, I think, is is not fair. Um, just keep that in private. Like, they would... He's absolutely... He would have done that in the review. Every club is doing that in the review. You know, every good club. They've got to be honest. If you don't play well, you're going to hear about it. That's feedback, you know. Um, but to do it in your post-match press conference, probably not wise. Um, the, the, the Giants are heading into the most fascinating off-season of their existence. So they're obviously going to get a new coach. We've got no idea who it's going to be at this stage. I don't think it's going to be Clarko. Um, and, and they might be looking at enormous change in their playing list. Like there's talk about Taranto leaving, Hopper leaving. Um, obviously, Bobby Hill wanted to leave last year, so he's probably going to leave this year. Um, there's... Well, I've just gone blank, but there's a, there's a few others as well who might be on the way out. So I think the Giants are probably heading in for like a half rebuild. Um, they're, they're probably going to aim to be bouncing back up the ladder in the next three years while they've still got like Canelio and Whitfield and Green playing good football um, before they get too old. But um, yeah, it's it's a fascinating spot they're in. And I find I just found those in, those comments from McVeigh really interesting. Whether that was an attempt by him to sort of stake his claim for the position, he's definitely not getting it. They've they've been they had that little exciting period after he took over where they were playing fast, free football, and they won a couple of games. But most of the second half of the year, they've been dreadful. They've been horrid. They've probably been worse than West Coast, I would say, in the second half of the year. Like, they've won more games, but just the way that they're losing is ugly. And and to lose like this in a showdown, like Sydney were monstrous. They're way too strong, contested. Like, you know, they're, Sydney look as good as anyone. Every part of the ground for them is working brilliantly. You've got the kids like Errol Goulden being best on ground, just having huge games, him and Warner. And then you've got Parker, in, in career best form. Franklin's still kicking heaps of goals. Reed's playing well. Um, obviously, Papley's playing really well. Heaney's playing really well. The McCartan brothers down back. You, you got Larky, you got Rampy, you got like Sydney just look hot as. They look fucking awesome. They're, they're almost, if Geelong weren't quite going as well as they were going, I'd say Sydney are my favourites to win it at the moment. So it's rough for the Giants to come up against that, for their cross-down rivals to be so strong at the moment. Um, but they still got to be playing better than they're playing. With, with with the list that they've got, the Giants, you know. One thing, one thing I will say, and it's, you know, continued. Spike, excuse me, fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Spike McVeigh putting Himmelberg to centre-half back. I love it. It's been excellent, and I won't be surprised if that's where he spends the rest of his career. Does he want to come to St. Kilda? We need another tall defender. Um, speaking of St. Kilda, Hannah's, Hannabry, back for his, one of his, you know, 
one of his contractually obligated four games for the year. Oh, dear. Um, Deuce and Kilda give him a contract. Obviously, he was one of our best players against Hawthorne. 27 touches, kicked goal. Um, he sort of built into the game. Um, we were there, so I was watching him in person. Could sort of We were sort of sitting on the bottom tier on the wing. Saw him in the first quarter, early on in the game. He looked a little bit slow. Um, he looked a little bit unsure. He was sort of 10 paces off like where the ball was going. But he built into the game and he got better. When he kicked that goal, I think that sort of gave him a bit of confidence and a bit of energy and it sort of got him going. Um, and from then on, he was so good. Fuck, he can kick. My God, he's he's just a maestro when he kicks the ball. He, he, he put it at one stage into Max King's sternum just about. There was no way Max wasn't going to mark that ball. And that's just something that we haven't had at St Kilda. We just don't quite have that just perfect, beautiful ball user. I say, look, if he can agree to somewhere between two and $300,000 for a year, give him another year. You know, even, even if he only plays 10 games. When, when he does play, it's usually at the end of the year. And if we are going to be playing finals next year, I'd like him to be playing then. I'd rather him play the last 10 games of the year than the first 10, if he's only going to play 10, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I say give him another year because for him to have missed 12 months of football and then to come back and play that well straight away, it's pretty impressive. That's all I'll say on that. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, St. Kilda. Obviously, we were really, really strong against the Hawks early. Um, we let them sort of get back pretty close in the last quarter. We weren't overly impressive throughout the entire game. We didn't kick very straight, it has to be said. Um, we probably should have, like, you know, when Hawthorne started to mount their comeback, we probably should have been four or five goals further in front. Um, we just weren't. From from what I've seen, if, and it's more of a possibility since Carlton lost to Adelaide, if we can squeeze into the finals, which I still don't think is going to happen, we will not win that first final, whoever it's against. Might be Brisbane, might be Fremantle, might be Collingwood. Who knows who it's going to be? Um, but we won't be winning it. The, the, the way that we're playing at the moment, um, we are a very solid middle-of-the-road side. Um, we're not playing the football we were playing before the bye. It's, we just, it just hasn't... Um, we we were pretty good against West Coast last week. Um, we were not we were more convincing against West Coast, I thought, than we were against Hawthorne. Um, but we haven't, you know, we've only won three games since the bye, and the games that we have won haven't been in the same fashion. We're just not the same team for some dumbfounding reason. We are not even close to being the same team, which is a shame. Um, one thing I will say before I move on, it was good to see Rats being creative. So Tom Campbell was named as a backup Ruckman, um, but then they made the late switch and they brought in Mitch Owens. I just, and It's not him being like a creative genius, but just throwing something different, just doing a late change. That's a, that's a big late change too, swapping out a Ruckman for a zippy three-gamer half-forward midfielder type. I thought was really good, and I thought Owens was excellent. He played really well. Um, 
And in the last few weeks, I have liked Sharman down back. He didn't, he hardly touched the ball in disposal form, but he would have had 300 meters gained by spoils against Hawthorne. Every single time it went near him, he didn't even think about marking it. He just stuck his fist up into the air, and there was one where he spoiled it so hard, there was an audible, whoa, from the crowd. <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, that's, you know, so he's gone to the Dougal Howard school of being a key defender. Um, I like him there a lot more than I like Joyce. Again, nothing against Joyce. I shit on him every week, but he's just not, he's not quite good enough, um, which I think Sharman is. I think Sharman could be quite a player, and I like, you know, building in a bit of flexibility, especially into your key position players. I think that's excellent. Um Joel Selwood, 350 games. Anyone that doesn't like Joel Selwood doesn't like football. He is the most honest, hardworking footballer I've seen play in my time watching the game as an adult. He is... I think honest is the best way to describe it. He just get, he gets in there first, puts his head over it. Yep, he gets plenty of high free kicks, but guess what? If you get to the ball first, you're going to get high free kicks too. So there you go. Um, he's yeah, he's tough as hell. He's been an amazing leader. What a captain he's been. Um, yeah, just I remember. I remember one game. I reckon it was St Kilda versus Geelong in 2016. It was a great win for the Saints. Saints were bottom four, bottom five. We were down the bottom. And Geelong were right at the top. And St Kilda got the upset win. One of the best games of that year. It was fucking awesome. But I was there live. And I was just watching Joel Selwood play that game. It was it was rare back then. Like This is six years ago now. Like, just watching a game live and noticing an opposition midfielder just go to work. He, he, he was... He doesn't do anything flashy, but he is noticeable in just how well he does the fundamentals. I, I have not got enough praise for the way that Joel goes about it. And if Geelong win the flag this year, it will be the perfect story for me. I think he'd finish up, definitely. Um, and and while, I'm, while I'm on that thought, I think if Geelong win the flag this year, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to call Chris Scott the best coach, at least of the modern era. Yes, he'd only have two premierships, which is less than a few others, but his home and away record and just the the, the way that he's been able to keep this team in the top eight for all but one year, staying competitive, staying seriously competitive a lot of the time is just, it, it defies all logic in sport. Sports are designed so that this doesn't happen. But he's broken the code. And if this is a masterpiece that we're watching unfold that results in a premiership, I I will go on and go on and on about him forever. Because I just think he's brilliant. Um I think the dogs the dogs, I think, are like St. Kilda, in that if they can get into the finals, I can't see them winning one. They're they're a very good team when they're allowed to be. Um, but if they're coming up against, you know, another top eight side who's sort of switched on to how they want to play and doesn't let them do that, 
their their toast. And they were really good, really competitive in the first half. Um, then they come out after half time and Geelong kicked nine goals in a row. So, gee, can you hear that thunder? Boom. Um, yeah, Geelong kicked nine goals in a row. So, yeah, not uh, not super convincing that was from the Dogs. Um, another team that was not very convincing was Carlton. They were piss poor, weren't they? This is a pretty classic case of we're a good team, you're a poor team, we're going to beat you easily. You see this two or three times a year. A team that is going well, top eight team, comes up against a team that's down the bottom, thinks they're going to be all good, and then that team takes them to the cleaners. And it's usually in this fashion. It's usually by being really, really tough. Heaps of pressure that the other team just can't handle. And and Carlton, they, they, they were soft without the ball. Like they couldn't lay a tackle on Adelaide, which was pretty unreal. Um, and I think this is great for Adelaide. You know, young teams need these wins, these upset wins. This wasn't just a little upset win either. There was five goals in the end. So this is this is really bad news for Carlton and really good news for Adelaide, I've got to say. Um, the, the Blues are in strife now. So that they've got... I think they've got the tough run I was thinking. So they got... They have Brisbane, Sydney, and Collingwood. I'm pretty sure. And it's looking like... This is what a lot of the you know experts are forecasting that that round 23 game between them and Collingwood might be for a place in the eight. Collingwood are going to be there, but it might, like, and, and, and the St Kilda-Sydney game is going to start, I think, at halftime of that game. Fuck, that just gave me goosebumps thinking about that. We might have, remember round 23 last year? where we, like, Brisbane had to beat West Coast by it was 37 points or something, and the crowd at the game knew that, and they got there, and everyone's gone fucking nuts. And you had Geelong and Melbourne with Max Gorn after the siren. Oh, my God. What an unbelievable end to a season that was. We might get something very similar to this. That Sunday. Sunday, what's, what's that going to be? Sunday the 20th. Something like that. 21st or something. Sunday the 21st. Oh, that... Oh, that could be amazing. Like, it, it gained a halftime... Like, if St Kilda can win either the Geelong or the Brisbane game, which, like I've said a number of times, I don't think we're gonna. If we can win either of those and we get into that Sydney game needing to win it to play finals, it gets to halftime in that game. The Carlton and Collingwood game is finished... And Carlton have lost, right? Maybe Carlton is still eighth currently on percentage. But St Kilda can win and jump them. Oh, man, can you fucking imagine that? Can you fucking imagine that shit? Oh, that'd be crazy. Oh, bit of thunder, bit of boom, boom. Did you hear that? Better move on before the fucking power goes out. Um, Yeah, I've said all that. Oh, I've... Oh. Excuse me. I thought the power went out for a second. Jesus. Um, before I move on, Darcy Fogarty. Holy shit. Listen to that. God, it's a bit scary. Um, Darcy Fogarty, he's kicked 20 goals since round 11. 
Just want to say that. I've been going on about him for a little while now. He's my guy. He's, I, I, I'm going to check and make a post about it, but I don't know if there's been another player that's kicked more goals since round 20. There might be, but he'd be in the top three for sure. I just wanted to say that. Um, West Coast, Josh Kennedy retiring. Um, few posts I've seen on Instagram, but who won the Kennedy Judd trial? West Coast won it. You can't even... They got a premiership, and which he was a big part of. That's what you trade players for, to win a premiership. Yeah, Judd's a better player. You know, he, he went and he won a Brownlow. Kennedy's got... What is Kennedy? He got three Coleman's. Um, so a couple of Coleman's, got him a premiership. West Coast absolutely won that trade. And another thing, Judd's body sort of gave up on him a couple of years before, you know, you, we probably would have liked, um, whereas Kennedy has gone right until the end um gone a little bit beyond what the average player would normally go so yeah definitely west coast um another west coast player i want to mention is jack darling kicked six goals six goals um he's not young either <laughs> jack darling um he's, he's sort of starting to come good he had the interrupted start to the year because he didn't want to get vaccinated um he ended up getting vaccinated and now it turns out he didn't need to he could have just waited a year <laughs> so that's kind of you know that's whatever um, Marby or Chol as well, five goals for him. He's got to be the recruit of the year. Forget your George Hewitts, forget everybody else. Marby or Chol has been amazing. They couldn't have known that Ben King was going to do his ACL, but Chol, the, the Chol Casbolt Wombo combo has just has been so fun to watch. And in the emergence of Rankin as this great. X Factor player, or well, now the rains come, um, as this great X Factor player, isn't he? Isn't he a clever footballer? That goal he kicked, where he gave it off and got it back. God, it's just it was it was great. Gold Coast are going to do great things next year. I've got a really really good feeling about them. Just ah, uh, it's awesome. Um, now the Richmond Brisbane game. Noah Cumberland makes amends. So obviously he's the one who played on. Last week um, in the draw, played on on the siren when he could have had a shot, but he makes up for it this week with five goals and a rising star nomination. Everything is forgiven, <laughs> Noah. Don't worry about it, all right? Oh, wasn't he good? Um, Brisbane are just nowhere. Brisbane are nowhere. Like, they had this game won 42 points up. They were going to win their first game at the MCG in, like, eight years and then they just <coughs> cough it up. Game over. Oh, heavy, heavy rain. Um, yeah, they just, they, I'm less sold on them as every week progresses. They're out of the top four now. They're in fifth. Um, so yeah, they get, they got three weeks to convince me. What I need is for them to not find form until after they've played St. Kilda. <laughs> that would be really good. Um, and I mean, the, the last game of the round was sort of like a, who gives a shit it was Essendon and North Melbourne, Essendon, all the players had a chance to pad their stats <laughs> playing against poor old North Melbourne. Um, I, I think Mason Redmond is a lock for the All-Australian squad of 40. I don't think he's getting into the team, but he has had a really, really good year. Even when Essendon weren't going too well, he was playing really, really well. And Cam Zerha. Cam Zerha's had a, had a good little patch 
of late, um, while North have continued to struggle. Um, obviously, a lot of talk about whether or not North deserve a compensation pick. Um, I'm not in the school of thought that, oh, they made their own bed, they shouldn't. Every team that's ever gotten a compensation pick has made their own bed. Um, I think, and like it won't be a high pick, it'll be pick 19 probably. I think if, if the only option is give them a compensation pick or don't, I think give them a compensation pick. But I said this about Gold Coast a few years ago and like, you know, they've come relatively good since then anyway. But I think rather than giving clubs compensation picks, give them like, give them maybe a year or two years of extra salary cap. Like give them an, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Give them an extra $500,000 a year across two years, an extra million dollars to spend on players, right? You don't give them extra list space, that's fine. But you give them the ability to attract a couple of extra superstars to get them to the club, right? Maybe maybe Gold Coast could get someone like a, you know, like a Tim Taranto. Like, it seems like he's going to come to Melbourne, um, not to not to the Melbourne Demons, but back to Victoria, I should say. Um but a player like that or a Carl Amon, like one of these really good players who isn't going to cost you a million dollars, but it's going to cost you a little bit. And maybe you don't quite have enough money because you're trying to you're trying to keep these guys that you've drafted, like Rankin and King and Raul and Anderson. So you need a little bit of extra money. I don't know how I suddenly started shifting talking about Gold Coast. I'm talking about North Melbourne. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm talking about North Melbourne. Um, you know, but you know, maybe you want to keep these guys you've drafted. You know, you don't want to, like, for example, you don't want to have to send Ben Brown packing, you know, make all these players retire because you can't afford them, you know. Give them a bit of extra money so that they can attract talent, you know, so that they can pitch an idea to a player at another club that isn't just, we need you, please help us, (laughs) you know. All right, yeah, we need you. Come be part of something special. We're going to pay you well to do it. Maybe we'll pay you even a little bit more than you probably deserve. I don't know. That's just, I think compensation picks are good, um, but I think there's a lot of risk, obviously, because you never know exactly for sure how well a draft pick is going to go. You know, recruiters do a lot of research and they get it right maybe 75% of the time. But like you look, pick a random year from, you know, 10, 12 years ago and look at the top 20 picks. There there might be 12 or 15 names there that you recognize and there'll be a bunch that you don't. So sometimes it doesn't work out. So I, I think they're better off being given a bit of extra money to attract a known quantity. Like Carl Amon's almost certainly going to Hawthorne, but imagine... Maybe he's going to go there on, let's just say, $700,000, for example. What if North Melbourne, you know, was given a bit of extra money to go, right, we're going to give you 850000 Do you want to come play for us? Do you want to come help us out? You know, I don't know. Just something I was thinking about. Anyway, that will do for this one, guys. Let me, give me some feedback. Let me know if you thought that was a little bit more um, succinct, if that flowed a little bit better. I felt like it did. Um, I got a little bit panicked there by the weather, so I sort of rushed the end and I did have that long spiel at the beginning about 
Eddie Betts and stuff, but I still think that went rather well. Um, so let me know. Let me know if you're as excited for this last three rounds of football as I am. It's I think I'm even more excited because St Kilda are almost a non-factor. Um, if St Kilda suddenly pick up a game this week or next week, I'll be more nervous than I am excited. Um, but it, it's it's just there is so many things. It's so tight. There's only what two games or two and a half games between first and seventh. There's only one and a half games between second and seventh, so it's it's fucking exciting. There's anything can happen, anything can happen. It's awesome. All right, thanks heaps for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye.